What do you do when you follow Jesus with all of your heart, guys? What do you do when you follow Him with all of your heart, mind, soul and strength, expecting a nice, happy, clappy time, but it ends up being quite a messy and a crappy time? Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. So we're going to begin to read from uh, Luke uh, chapter 2 and verse 8. It's a passage that you know well, uh, but let's get ready to encounter God through the Holy Spirit. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and the shepherds were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. It's quite an announcement. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for everybody. Not just for the Christian, not just for the believer, but for the sinner, for whoever. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ Jesus the Lord. This is some announcement. And I think there are times that when we read the Word of God, we shouldn't just read it in a very bland or monotone way because this is the most amazing announcement that could ever have been announced in the history of the world. I want you to keep in mind also, can anyone tell me what the last book of the Old Testament is? What's the last book of the Old Testament? Malachi. So between Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament, to the first book of the New Testament being Matthew. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, right? If you want to try and remember the order of the four Gospels, just say, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John went to bed with their pajamas on. Um, now that's a, that's a gateway kids thing. Okay. Anyway, the point that I want to make <laughs> is that between the last book of Malachi to the first chapter of the first verse of Matthew is a period of over 400 years. Did you know that? That between the last book of Malachi to the first book of Matthew, there was a time where God did not speak for 400 years. Amazing. Like I'm trying to set the scene here, trying to set the stage. The angel has now turned up to some shepherds saying, guess what? It's happened. Uh, the one that the Bible spoke of all the way back in Genesis has now arrived. Do, 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 do. And then it goes on to say, and this will be a sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude. How many of us know what a multitude is? A lot. Um, more than we can probably count. A multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, they all said, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from the shepherds back into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, what do you think they said? 
Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is like, wow. Let us check this out. Like, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of angels. Imagine the, the night sky being lit up with the presence and the brightness of angelic beings. You know, there are all kinds of angels. There are, there's, there's angels that war. There's the seraphim. There's the cherubim. There's fallen angels. There's angels that walk amongst us. There are angels clothed in human flesh. Bible talks about that. There's all kinds of angels. Maybe we'll get some come at our Christmas Day lunch. You know, who knows? But this is some announcement. This is like huge. Can we see the enormity of this? And as the shepherds now follow the star to Bethlehem, I reckon they'd be talking about what they just saw for the whole of the journey. Did you see those angels? First there was one, then there were, and what about the sound? Like they sound, I've never heard such beautiful singing. I reckon it would have been hard for them to even get to sleep. They probably camped somewhere and said, well, we should try and get some rest. And they all lay down and they're just like, whoa, I can't get over what I've seen. I've never seen such things heard, such things. And so as they followed the star, they would have followed with great excitement, great joy and great expectation because they knew that the promised Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, had been born. They knew that this was now the human birth of the King of Kings and the creator of all things. And it's possible that the shepherds would have been thinking, I wonder what's gonna be at the end of the star. Where is this star going to lead us? It must be someplace based on the introduction. It must be like a palace. What kind of palace could this be? Because even King Herod lived in a palace. And if an earthly king could live in a palace, what will the eternal king, how, what will his arrival be? And we've been singing about it today. And I want to say thank you for those who choose the songs. And I know, Honora, that you've had a lot of input in that as well. I love the line of the song that we sang, and I'm hoping right now that I'm going to remember it. But uh, basically something like, he could have come. Uh, how does it go? He could have come with, uh, he could have, yeah, marched into the heart of Rome. With what? <laughs> Demanding royal robes. But he came humbly, right? That would have been asking, where is this promised star going to lead us? But when they came to the end of their journey, they soon discovered that the star had led them to an unexpected place. They were perhaps thinking that the star would lead them to a grand palace, but instead it led them to a cave-like, cold, dark stables fit for animals. My question is, what do you do when you follow the star of God, expecting a palace at the end of it, but you end up in a messy and chaotic stable? Could it be that the shepherds, began to have a conversation like they just had a quick, like, you know, special general meeting to say, hey, did we follow the right star? 
because I was not expecting this. This is the King of Kings, the creator of all things. Why has he been born in a manger? Have you seen the pretty pictures? Like, look at the pretty picture on the screen. Like, that's a pretty picture. Sometimes we, you know, we imagine the stable being an open-aired place uh, in a wooden, uh, with a wooden manger and, and hay and the animals, just all, everyone's in order, you know. But it would have been, there would have been like the, uh, uh, you know, all kinds of, uh, what, what am I trying to say, like animal waste, right? There would have been the stench of animals in the uh, stable. Uh, Jesus was placed in a, in a stone trough. It was an animal's trough. And I think it's interesting that he was placed, the, uh, that Jesus was placed in a, in a manger that was like hard. It was cold. It was made of stone. It's interesting to me because the Lord has come to take out that heart of stone from our lives and replace it with a heart of flesh. What do you do when you follow Jesus with all of your heart, guys? What do you do when you follow Him with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, expecting a nice, happy, clappy time, but it ends up being quite a messy and a crappy time? What do you do when you dream a dream of a starry marriage, of a starry family, having starry kids, a starry business, and a few years on down the road, the lanes of life switch, turn and change, and you end up in one of life's dark stables? What do you do? What do you do when health challenges come? What do you do when you lose a loved one. And life takes you in a direction that you weren't expecting. Sometimes we can think that if we're not living the palace life, you know, there, are, uh, there is a prosperity gospel out there which talks about the palace life, the, you know, that if we're not living the palace life, uh, free of all strife, with every blessing upon our life, that somehow we're not in the will of God and that Emmanuel, God, is not with us. But it's good to remember that in actual fact, we're going to find God dearer, nearer and much closer in the stables of life. And the truth is, and I personally can stand by the grace of God on this platform today to testify that the greatest days of transformation transformation and breakthrough in my life were not in the palace days or what seems like to be the palace days but in life stables because we're never we'll never be as close to God in the palace as we are in the stables I think the real question is can we look past the mess of a stable and look for the messenger Jesus Christ and so what do we do when you follow the star, expecting a palace at the end of it, but you end up in a messy and chaotic stable? What do you think the answer is? What do we do? The answer, I believe, is found in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. And it says, it speaks of the shepherds. It says, they fell down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and they presented gifts to Jesus 
gifts of gold, gifts of frankincense, and gifts of myrrh. Let's read that again. What did they do when they landed in an unexpected place? For these shepherds, nothing changed because they still fell down and they worshipped Him. And they opened up. When I heard that, when I read that word open, they, it, to me it spoke of an open heart, which led to an open heaven. And they still gave their treasures. What's, what treasures do you have here today? Let me tell you something. You've got the treasure of time. You've got the treasure of your talents. You've got the treasure of treasure itself. You see, most people, let me speak of Christians here today. Most Christians, they withhold their best time. They withhold their best talents. They withhold their best treasure for the palace life. But these shepherds took their opportunity to give of their best worship, which is what we saw today with our team. These shepherds gave their best gifts to Jesus in an unexpected and unpleasant place. And as they gave of their best in an unpleasant place within this stable, the stable transformed into a palace. You see, they weren't moved by the environment, but rather who was at the centre of the environment. Jesus Christ. And when Jesus becomes the centre of our lives, our environments will also change. Let's talk about change for a few moments because life is changing. Whether you like it or not, you're changing. Whether you want it or not, you're going to change. I'm going to change. Life is full of change. And change isn't always easy. And it's rarely painless. But change is inevitable. We all go through different times and seasons that require change. Some changes are planned and some changes are hoped for, while other changes are imposed or out of our control. And imposed changes are always the toughest kind of change because we're often unprepared for them, nor did we plan for them. We didn't want the change. And so sometimes change can be unexpected. But there's also good change and there's bad change. And many a time, what seemed to be a dark or a bad change turned out to be a good change. Let's talk about change as I begin to draw near to the end of my message today. Remember, change is inevitable. But not all change is bad. There have been some changes that have come my way that I thought, this is not good. This is not good change. And you just keep on being faithful to what God has said. And you keep on taking, as I said last week, one moment by one minute, by one step at a time. And all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, that was actually great change. I'm so glad God didn't give me what I thought I needed because now I'm in a much better place uh, emotionally, mentally, whatever it might be. And this is good change. It's good change. You know, so often we can pray that God might change our environment. Sometimes we can 
pray that God might change our situations. But instead, what do you think you need to pray about? Instead of praying, God, change my environment. God, change my spouse. God, change my kids. God, change that family member because I'm stressing out when it comes to seeing them on Christmas Day. Lord, why don't you change my brother? Why don't you change my sister? Instead of praying, God, change the environment. Why don't we pray, Lord, change me. Change my heart. Don't change what's around me. Change what's on the inside of me. Let me ask you this question. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would you change? If you could change one thing about yourself, if God said to you, I would change anything that you want me to change in your life, what would your answer be? What's one thing that you would like to change about you? Where would you like to overcome? You know, why is it that sometimes it just seems like we struggle with the, at times the same old thing time and time again? I hear the Holy Spirit saying, my grace is sufficient for you. And that the only way through, the way that you break through is to have a breakup with self, a breakup with pride, a breakup with your ego, a breakup with what's in your history. Quite often the reason why we can't get through is because we are too full of ourselves. You know, Jesus said, uh, travel down the narrow road which leads to life because broad is the way that leads to destruction. You know, I had this picture one day of the narrow road, the gate that leads to eternal life. And I felt the Holy Spirit reveal to me that this, this gate, this gate which is very small, Jesus said, narrow is the way and small is the gate that leads to eternal life. And he said that only a few find it. But broad is the way and wide is the road that leads to destruction and many travel on it. And some of those people are in the church. People can be sitting in church every weekend and they're traveling on the broad way. Now, they're the words of Jesus. You just have to go and read Matthew chapter 7. That's actually quite alarming. That bothers me. And... And so I had this picture of the, 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 the gate, which is narrow and small. And the only way that you can fit is to get on your knees. It's how we set it up so that we might humble ourselves. Only the humble can in, inherit eternal life. And so we've got to continually humble ourselves. What's one thing that you could change about yourself? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.